When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to the Legislative Branch Study Guide uh, Review Podcast. Uh, so I'm going to run through the uh, study guide that you can find on eClass if you haven't seen it yet. Um, it's there. There's a PowerPoint. There's a Google slide. Uh, if you take the Google slide, one you can type into it, I believe, if I did it correctly, which I probably didn't because I struggle with Google for some reason. But um, anyways, it's there. And if nothing else, you can just you know follow along and you can jot down stuff as, as none of the answers are, are super long uh, as we go through it. So the test is on Thursday, 10-1. I can't believe it's already October. Uh, but it is my favorite season, Halloween. I'm putting up my Halloween decorations uh, today, Wednesday the 30th, when I get home because uh, you know I got to get every day possible out of those things. But anyways, uh, that's not what you're here for. So you're here for the review. So let's go through it. I'm going to read the question, and then I'll give you the answer. And if I need to talk about it a little bit, I will. But for the most part, I'm just going to go through and uh, you know get us done with this as quickly as possible. Okay. So number one said, what are the limits on re-election for members of the House? in the Senate, and there are none. There's no term limits, okay? There has been um, pushes to create term limits for both the House members and the senators, but the argument is always this, all right? Uh, if you want them out, if you don't want to have them as your representative, if you don't want to have them as your senator anymore, then vote them out, okay? And there's your term limits. So if you're unhappy with a, a senator after you know, two terms, vote them out. Why should we have to limit the amount of terms they serve? So that's that. There is no term limit. So if you see something like that, there are no term limits. Uh, how does a filibuster end? Okay, remember, there's something called a cloture. Remember, this is only on the Senate side. So if I'm up here talking, 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 and you are like, hey, we need to stop this, you could make a motion for a cloture vote. Okay, a cloture vote just says we're going to end debate. And that's all filibuster is, is, is just endless debate, right? So, hey, let's end that and let's vote on the issue right now. So if you have three-fifths or 60, okay, of the uh, the senators that are, are, are going to agree with you, then you can uh, end a filibuster pretty quickly and easily. Uh, but it's tough because that's a big number. And no one right now has the, it's called a supermajority on the Senate side. <clears throat> if the vice president is absent from a Senate session, who is the presiding officer of the Senate? So first off, they're always absent. They're hardly ever there unless there's a tie. Uh, and it's kind of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, maybe, I don't want to say honorary position, but it, it's a position with little true power, and that is the president pro tempore. Uh, they are kind of the in the position of the, the president of the Senate, okay? But the, the people that run the show are actually the majority leaders and the minority leaders. All right, if you're a lobbyist, what is considered to be your most powerful tool? Uh, lobbyists, remember, are those people who are going to uh, try and influence politicians, all right? And your most powerful tool is going to be the ability you have to raise uh, and send out, distribute money, all right, funds uh, to political officials and candidates. Now, all that stuff's supposed to be on the up and up, so no you know, under the table or backroom deals and, and money exchanging hands. It's all supposed to be out of the open and records are kept. 
Uh, for a senator, how long is their term of office? That is six years. Okay, so they get elected. So we have people running for this uh, election, 2020. They will start their office on 2000 and uh, January of 2021, and they will be in there for six years. They will have to run for re-election for uh, quite a while. All right, a two-thirds vote of each House of Congress is required to do what? Uh, the main thing here is to uh, override a president's veto. Okay, override a president's veto. So that is what we're looking for there. There's some other things like I declare war, stuff like that, but for right here, it's the veto. Uh, House of Representatives thing. Who introduces bills? Well, any member of the House can do that. It doesn't have to be any particular person. Just anybody that's in the House can introduce a bill. But that also means that people that are not a part of the House cannot. So the president could roll up to the House and say, I want to introduce a bill. He's not a part of the House, so he can't do that. What is true in both houses about standing committees? So remember, standing committees are the permanent ones, remember. Okay, so they are those permanent committee uh, that are there. They've been there. I think I told you the Rules Committee uh, has been there since 1790-something. I can't remember the years, but it's, it's been there for a long time. Okay, um, and they are headed by the majority party and typically by the senior member from that political party that's on there. So if I'm a Republican in the Senate, because the Republicans are controlling the Senate right now, um, you know, I would, and I've been in, in the Senate for 30 years, and I've been on that committee for 28 of those 30 years, then I'm probably going to be the chairperson. Now, I, you know, I shouldn't say the Republicans, because the Republicans don't use seniority as much as the Democrats do. The Democrats are heavily reliant uh, on the seniority system in both House and Senate. What is the term for a person who tries to influence legislation on behalf of a special interest group? That is a lobbyist. Talked about them just a few minutes ago, so that's a lobbyist. Uh, which institution has the responsibility of confirming or rejecting presidential appointees and treaties? And that's going to be the Senate. Okay, the Senate only. You cannot say Congress. You cannot say the House. It is very ultra-specific that it is the Senate that confirms all appointments and treaties. And we have this going on right now because the president just appointed a Supreme Court justice. She's going to have to make it through the Senate, through the appointment hearings. What is the purpose of the public hearing? Well, uh, remember we talked about this with the committee stuff. All right. When the committees get a bill, they work on it and they will typically listen to experts. OK, so people from uh, the different fields you know, what are the bills on? So if it's a farming bill, maybe they bring in some farmers or some agricultural experts. Maybe they bring in somebody from the government, somebody from the bureaucracy, the uh, maybe the from the uh, agricultural department that comes in and talks about it. Uh, but they're going to allow experts to come in and talk and also possibly everyday citizens. You, know, you might be able to come in uh, and talk. There is a video that I don't show because uh, it gets a little long, but uh, there is a comedian his name is John Stewart. He's gotten more serious over the years because he's been more into politics. Uh, but there's a, a video of him. He was able to testify before a committee, and they were doing a 911, not 9-11 bill. Uh, and he went in there, and he absolutely blasted them because half the members weren't there to talk about this. And it's just something he felt was super important. Uh, and so he had gone there to testify, but it turned into a absolute, uh, he just tore, tore into him. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, you could just probably just search up John Stewart Rips Committee or something like that. Anyway, so they're, they're going to be there to, to, to testify 
uh, and act as you know, experts in those. All right, for the House of Representatives, how long is a term for a member of the House? That's two years, so every two years, and they run every two years. So you're constantly running for re-election. Who presides over the House of Representatives? Remember, this is the Speaker of the House. Remember, there is no Speaker of the Senate. There is only a Speaker of the House. Okay, so Speaker of the House is in charge of the House of Representatives. What are the differences between the House and the Senate? Well, the House, the two big ones we're going to go over here, the House has the power to elect the president if there's a tie. So if no one in this election coming up gets the 270 that's needed to win, uh, then the House would be able to do this. And we've had this happen several times. You know, Andrew Jackson, uh, law election of 1824, I want to say it is, uh, to John Quincy Adams when it went to the House. All right. Um, um, back in 1876, Hayes versus Tilden, uh, the one that ended Reconstruction, that went to the House. So uh, it does happen. It, ha it hasn't happened for us because we have only really the two candidates, and so someone's going to get that 270. Uh, and then on the Senate side, uh, they have the power to remove officials from office after impeachment charges have been brought. Okay. Uh, some other things that you need to know probably is that the the House is super formal. The Senate is kind of informal when it comes to their rules and regulations. That's why the Senate is able to have a filibuster, whereas the House is not. So the formalities versus the informal of the Senate. All right. What happens after a bill is introduced in the legislative branch? Well, uh, the bill is introduced and then it's sent to a committee for them to work on it, to study it, to research it. Uh, and they end up having to vote on it. Uh, if they vote on it favorably, then it goes to the full House or the full Senate for discussion and then vote. Uh, if they vote on it unfavorably, then it typically just kind of dies. OK. What type of power is possessed by Congress? Well, there's a couple of them. Uh, remember, they have the power to declare war. They have the power to tax us. Uh, they have something called the Necessary and Proper Clause that allows them to stretch their powers. Uh, so they have actually quite a bit. And remember, all the stuff that's listed is called the expressed powers or the enumerated powers. Uh, what are the duties of a member of Congress? A couple things. First off, number one is to legislate. That's their job. That's their that's what they go up there to do is to legislate, make laws that are going to help out their constituents, which is the next thing. And that's to represent constituents. OK, and constituents are just me and you. So congressmen are supposed to legislate based on what we need and what we want. That's why they're representing us. And so they're supposed to do what we think and want uh, is in our best interest. Sometimes they do a good job of this. Other times they don't. It's hit or miss uh, a lot of times uh, just for, because of the, the, the politics of Congress. Uh, and then they also serve on committees. Now, committees are important because if a congressman wants to get stuff done, like if they have a pet project, then they need to be on the right committee. All right. And when I say pet project, I just mean something they feel powerful about. They feel or not powerful, but passionate about uh, and want to be a part of uh, a solution. Then they need to be on the right committees. All right. Uh, let's see. Where does Congress do most of its work in committees? That's where it happens. I think I told you this. I had this vision of Congress when I was a little person, uh, which I know is hard to imagine. But it's, and it's a long time ago. But I used to think, man, all 435 House members are sitting at their, their little desks. Uh, in the chamber, and they're all sitting there working away on each bill as it is introduced. Senate, the same way. All 100 of them are sitting at their desks, working away in the auditorium. But that's not the way it is whatsoever. Uh, I went to a, a House session a couple of years ago now. It's been a long time, actually, now. Uh, this was when I was at Archer. And uh, we walked in, and it was an empty auditorium. There was the Speaker of the House and their assistants or whatever. And there was five other House members there. 
and they were lined up to give a speech. They gave us they gave speeches to empty the empty building. Okay, so the work doesn't happen on the floor. It happens in these committees, and that's where they can make changes to bills and laws and all those sorts of things. And 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 that's just that's where things get done. All right, what would most likely occur if the House and the Senate passed two different versions of the same bill? So remember, they have to pass the same exact bill. They cannot pass two different versions. They have to pass the same bill. So if that happened, if they passed two different versions, then it would go to a conference committee. Okay, so it would go to a conference committee. And remember those things, uh, they would bring come together, both House and Senate members would come together and they try and work out the deal. So the House wanted to spend, let's say, just, just to make it easy, let's do some math. The House wanted to spend 20 million. The Senate wanted to spend 40 million. Well, that's easy. Let's just meet in the middle at, let's spend 30 million. So there you, you go. And then it goes back for another vote. Excuse me. Uh, let's see. Before the adoption of the 17th Amendment, who elected senators? Well, state legislators would pick them. So the state legislatures would pick them. We as citizens had no say so, no role in picking our uh, senators other than we got to vote on our state legislatures. So that was very that we so we we indirectly elected them. Nowadays, after the 17th Amendment, we get to directly elect our senators. After the House has impeached a president, what must happen in order to remove that president from office? Uh, the Senate has to convict him. Now, please, if you take nothing else from this class, please, 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 please take the fact that impeachment impeachment is just charges. Okay, if you get impeached, that just means you have charges brought against you. You still have to be convicted by the Senate before you're kicked out. We've not had a president kicked out. What is the meaning of the necessary and proper clause? Well, it might also be the elastic clause, but this allows Congress to stretch their powers, remember. So Congress can stretch their powers, uh, and they, as long as they're doing stuff within reason, within within the bounds of the express powers, they're allowed to stretch them out a little bit. Okay, for example, it says they're in control of commerce. There's nowhere does it say they are allowed to create a bank in the United States, but they created a bank in the United States back in the day. All right, so that's a necessary and proper clause. Hey, we're, we have to do this. We have to be able to do this to carry out our powers or carry out our duties. Uh, the Senate side, why is the Senate considered to be the upper house? All right, has stricter qualifications than the house. Uh, so you have to have been a citizen for nine years. You have to be 30 years old. So just, uh, it's not super extra strict. Um, but they are a little bit more. Uh, it's also, it's just the Senate, for some reason, because there's less of them, there's only 100 senators versus 435 House members. The Senate is considered more prestigious because, hey, it's less of a chance of getting in there and then a longer term, term of office. Okay. Uh, why did the framers of the Constitution set up a bicameral legislature? Well, uh, remember, the number one re reason was the, the conflict between big states and little states back at the Constitutional Convention. So the big states were all for one house based with a representation based on population. So the bigger you are, the more people you have. Little states were upset with that and they wanted to have it fair and equal. So they came up with the New Jersey plan. And so it's equal. So they, they merged and they came together for, hey, well, let's just do two houses. It helps that the British had had a two house system also. And so we were somewhat familiar with it at the time. So it just kind of made sense to, well, let's just roll these into one. Uh, and they created the two houses. All right. Uh, it's also, let me take a step back. It's also kind of a uh, check, okay? Instead of having just one house, uh, you have two, they can kind of check each other. 
and that happens because they have to pass the same exact bill. All right. So if the House passes some crazy bill, the Senate can always basically get rid of it. Uh, when must congressional elections be held? All right. I, I hate the way they word these things, but so pay attention. But it's got to be the Tuesday after the first Monday in November of even numbered years. So whatever the Tuesday is after the first Monday, I don't know why they don't just set a date, but I mean, I know the dates rotate and they would change and, and no one, well, it's on a Sunday this year or it's on a Saturday or whatever it might be, but it's the Tuesday after the first Monday in November in each even numbered year. Who is the figurehead for the party with the fewest members in either the House or the Senate? That is the minority leader. So right now, the minority leader on the House side is a Republican, and the minority leader on the Senate side is a Democrat, because the Democrats control the House, the Republicans control the Senate, so the minority party leaders. What is the purpose of a filibuster? Well, remember, that is debate on a bill, and that is where you, as the filibuster E, are trying to delay action. So you want, there's, there's bills pilot, as you sit there and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about a bill, there are other bills backing up behind you. And if they don't get done by the time the session ends, they have to start all over and it's another whole process. So you're trying to make things uncomfortable for people who want those bills to get through and see the light of day. Who has the constitutional power to declare war? Congress. Congress only. It has to be both sides. So whereas the Senate is the only one that can you know, uh, approve a treaty, uh, Congress, full Congress, House and Senate, has to declare war. If the Speaker of the House wanted to make sure the members of his or her political party were voting according to the wishes of the party, who might be asked to get the party members in line? And that's going to be the majority whip. Now, you have a majority whip and you have a minority whip. But since we said Speaker of the House, we know and can recognize that, hey, that's going to be the majority party. So the majority party. Uh, what would disqualify a person from representing Georgia in the Senate? Uh, a couple of things could possibly do that if they're under 30. So if you're 28, you can't do that. Uh, if you're not a resident of Georgia, so you have to be a member of the, you have to live in the state. And if you've not lived in Georgia for the last nine years, so you do have to have lived here, okay, um, to be a senator. Most of the legislative measures introduced in the House, well, you know what? I mean, you just have to, you have to have been a citizen for nine years and you have to establish residency in the state for a year, I think. So I might have misspoke there. Um, so you just have to have been a citizen for nine years and you have to live in the state. You don't have to have, you don't have to have lived in the state for, for the, that length of time because Hillary Clinton back in the day when she wanted to be senator of New York, she wasn't from there. She hadn't lived there, so she had to buy an apartment. Uh, most of the legislative measures introduced in the House die at which step? Well, that's committee. Most of the bills, they die in committee. It's just how it works. Uh, what is a conference committee? We've already answered this one. Uh, that is where uh, a bill goes when there are past separate or excuse me, different versions of the same bill. So like we, we use the example of spending 20 million versus 40 million. Uh, that would have to go to a conference committee. What is the term for the assigning of congressional seats after each census? Uh, this is reapportionment. Okay, so we went over this on Monday, the 28th, where we talked about gerrymandering, and uh, we talked about reapportionment, redistricting, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so when they, if Georgia, I don't think Georgia is going to gain seats at this point, but if they did, they would have to reapportion. Instead, Georgia is probably just going to redistrict because we're going to draw some new lines, probably, I would imagine.
Uh, extended debate is allowed in the Senate because it allows senators to delay the passage of bills. What is that action called? We've talked about this multiple times now. It is the filibuster. And then why did the framers of the Constitution grant the House of Representatives the power of the purse? So why does all bills have to start on the House that deal with money and spending and uh, taxes and things like that? Well, because the House members are supposed to be closer to the people. House members represent a small district versus senators, which represent a full state. So House members are supposed to be more in tune with their constituents. Okay. And it's just, it's because they uh, represent a small number of people. All right, guys, as always, contact me if you have questions. Hit me up on Remind. Uh, email me. Uh, I'll probably be up until about 10, 1030. Um, and you can ask me questions. Uh, the test will be on E-Class, not SchoolNet. I didn't really like the, the, the SchoolNet format that we did. So it'll open up tomorrow morning. You can take it whenever you want to. Um, just get it done. Uh, I am going to send progress reports home on Friday. So be sure you're getting stuff done. Uh, if you're in a different class listening to this, your teacher is probably going to use SchoolNet. So just look for the, the password from them and get this thing taken. All right, guys, best of luck. And uh, let me know if I can do anything for you to help you out. All right, guys, take care. Bye-bye.